Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. I talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Oh, there she is, just walking on, saying do on Diddy Sharp Tongue Podcast. What's up, my people? It's your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso, in your ear. Sharp Tongue Tuesday, a little bit of grandma's wind chimes. Some shaman shit going down. I... Just want to give a shout out to Hakuna Supply, our amazing stash box, stash jar, rolling tray, happy weeds day grinders. If you guys have been saying to yourself, you know what I'm missing? I'm missing a stash jar with Jesse May's face on it. Search no further. If you've said to yourself, you know what? I, I'm looking for a little box to stash all of my herbal needs, and I would love to have Jesse May's face on a blunt. Look no further. If you've said to yourself, you know, I love Weeds Day every Wednesday that I watch on Facebook Live where she advocates for cannabis and Alzheimer's awareness, I would love to have a happy Weeds Day grinder, metal, metal four-tier grinder. Look no fucking further. Hakuna Supply for you. Hakunasupply.com forward slash Jesse May will get you all of your stash needs. Whether you want to stash your your jewelry in there, if you want to put your cotton balls in the jars, if you want to put your jewelry in the boxes or on the cute little hilarious rolling tray, or if you just want to put weed in everything, hey, it's becoming legalized and no one's going to fucking judge you on this podcast. And you know what? Use code Jesse May CBD at checkout and you're going to get 15% off your entire order. That's hakunasupply.com forward slash Jesse May motherfucker. I'm in your ear. I just got back from watching Child's Play, the reboot. I got to tell you, when I was a kid, Child's Play 
the original scared the fuck out of me. I, to this day, am still scared about putting my feet down under the bed because I'm afraid that Chucky's going to slice my fucking ankles. (laughs) And not only that, my dad, that was one of the first scary movies that I watched with my father. I actually remember watching that in my living room and my mom was in the kitchen and, and you know, that movie was just so fucking ridiculous. It was like 1988, uh, you know, I think it was based in Chicago. Um, Catherine Hicks is in it. I think, what was that kid? Alex Vincent played the kid. Tom Holland directed it. And uh, Tom Holland also did just a lot of weird stuff. But he's an actor as well. He's in like Avengers Endgame. He's in a couple other random, maybe Captain America. I can't remember, but he directed it. And this, this movie scared the fuck out of me when I was a kid. The kid scared the fuck out of me. The original? No, forget it. Do you guys even remember the original? Wait, can we do this? Hold on. It's so hard to like... Oh my God, listen to the music. Fucking creepy. Doll's gonna fuck up Aunt Maggie. She doesn't even realize it yet, but that doll's gonna fucking come for her. Chucky's gonna fuck everybody up in this house. This trailer is so terrifying, and he just he jacks everybody up. He murders everybody. This little fucking doll. And then there was the sequel. That wasn't too bad. Oh my God, Aunt Maggie's flying out the fucking window. This is the original. And the the reboot wasn't that bad. I gotta be honest. I enjoyed it, man. It was funny. I like, if if a horror movie's gonna also be comedy, it has to embrace the comedy a little bit more than the horror. Just a milla, like a millimeter more than the scary. That's a fine balance. Because if you're gonna be scary, you better be fucking scary. And not an accident Jaws style. I'm talking like I want to see your your intentional scary situation. You know, because I'm such a consumer of these movies. I, I love all scary movies, even the bad ones. But if you're in for a movie that understands that it's not a groundbreaking, terrifying movie, but it's acted well, funny, and the, the casting was amazing. Aubrey Plaza was great. You got to watch it. Go out and see it if, it's, if that's your thing. And then there's this other movie coming out that's like based in, in Sweden or Norway, and it's called Mid, Midsommar. Midsommar, basically like what they call Midsummer in, in Scandinavia, and it looks freaky. That's coming out July 4th. Sometimes these like sleeper horror movies come out in the middle of the summer, and we get fucking lucky. We get real fucking lucky. Speaking of coming out in the middle of summer, I got to tell you guys where the F I'm going to be. What month are we in? Are we still in June? God, June is almost, is June almost fucking over? (sighs) Well, Tuesday, 
June 25th, I'm going to be at the Comedy Store Main Room Comedy Chaos 10.30 show. I don't know if there's tickets still available, but check it out. Thank you for everybody who tuned into Confetti last Friday. I was able to promote and um, bring awareness to Alzheimer's. They were Facebook was nice enough to allow me to promote the Alzheimer's organization, alts.org. And we raised a little bit of awareness and let everybody know that it was the longest day. Last Friday was the longest day. You know, when the sun comes up early, goes to bed late, and then it says, fuck you for the rest of the year. So hopefully we were able to raise a little bit of funds and charity for a great cause. Uh, I'm going to be coming out midsummer, July 17th through the 28th at the Just for Last Festival. I'll be doing all the nasty shows out at the Just for Last Festival in Montreal, Juperi, um, Jupori. So that's middle to the end of July, 17th to the 28th, August 8th, 9th, and 10th. I will be in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm going to be driving home again the middle of August. I can't wait. My third cross-country trip and um, hopefully it'll be just as fun as the first two, you know? Hopefully there won't be any murderers, no dolls that come and stab me behind dumpsters. Hopefully I won't fall in a dumpster and the lid gets locked and I'm dead forever. You know, just these are things that I'm thinking about. I'm also going to be at Lucy's in Pleasantville, New York, Lucy's Laugh Lounge, or Lucy's Lounge in Pleasantville, New York, September 7th. I'm going to be doing a couple colleges in Pennsylvania, I'll be at the KC Improv, University of Kansas, and Prescott, Arizona. That's all through September. And a bunch of fall dates. More are being added. The, the, the schedule's filling up nicely. Go to jessiemay.com. Check it out. And, you know, please, please rate and review the podcast. I, I, I've read through some of the reviews, and you guys are goddamn unicorns. Thank you for being so generous and fucking magical to review me. So please leave a review, tell your friends about the podcast, share it. And, um, sharing is caring. As my little nephew, Elliot said, sharing is caring. I had to bribe him to fucking say it. Cause he didn't want to share anything. This dude, he's like, I don't want to share. And then he started saying sharing is caring. He's almost, he's three. And I asked him what he wanted to be when he growed up, when he growed up, grew up, God, n- not his aunt. Uh, I asked what he wanted to be when he grew up and he said a monster. So, <laughs> already achieved. (laughs) I got to tell you, being an aunt is really magical. You know, bonding with a small human who shares your DNA just enough so that you can give them back at the end of the day is really magical. I don't know how my sister and her husband do it. They are basically raising two toddlers. Both are demonic. Um, One screams and her head rotates at a 360 and the other one um, laughs like demons are inside of him. So, you know, I, it's, basically, it's basically bonding and plan D simultaneously. You know, I'm like, oh my God, they're so cute. And then I'm like, will they suck my soul out at night? Like Stephen King's cat's eye. <laughs> and the answer is probs, totes, totes my goats. <laughs> but I got to tell you, being the drunk ant, oh, it's, it's worth, it's worth it's weighed in tequila. I got to be honest. I, I don't know if I'm going to pop one out. I don't know if I'm going to have one of my own. I got to give my niece and nephew a couple more laps around the, around the block to see if it really fits my life. I mean, you know, it makes you kind of, when you see Kate, when you hear stories about Casey Anthony and people like that, you kind of fucking get it. The bitch wanted to go out on a Friday night and didn't want her kid anymore. 
put her in a bag. Not okay. Not condoning it, but you can, I can see how parents snap. I can see how people lose their minds. And, and I'm not saying you should do that. Obviously, if you hurt a baby, you should also uh, be tortured. But I kind of get it just from hanging out for my, with my niece and nephew for 24 hours. I, I wanted to snap someone's neck. <laughs> but luckily, I'm a balanced human being, and I don't tap into that animal side. I just kind of let it flow off my back because I have blunts. Blunts are vital. I think blunts will make you a better parent. Honestly, if you're stressed out and all you do is day drink, you got to mix it up. You need balance, and blunts will bring that balance. This, this PSA on better parenting brought to you by Jessie Mae Peluso. Jessie Mae Puff Puff Peluso. Smoking you one day at a time. Making you a parent. <laughs> that's what blunts. Blunts. That's, that's what their <laughs> slogan should be. Blunts. Making you a better parent one puff at a time. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let's get into this interview. I'm excited. This person's leaving L.A., one of my friends out here, he's leaving. He uh, he has some codependency issues. He's basically had a lot of unhealthy, toxic relationships in his past, and he's leaving L.A. for a girl. This should turn out well. Here's the very funny, politically, politically fueled and built like a chimpanzee, Mr. Jamie Kilstein. Oh fuck! You're leaving LA. I'm. I, can I tell you? I was so. I was legitimately <laughs> nervous about coming here because, like, this is the podcast I've done the most. We're friends, so I wasn't nervous <laughs> about that. I was nervous because me and you get so deep in these podcasts that I'm leaving LA in two days, and I started to get nervous because I'm like, you're going to be the first person I have to share my open, honest fears and feelings with about yeah, all of this. Yeah, you can't hide it. I'm going to see right That my it. heart started racing right when I got into your neighborhood being like, am I going to break up with my girlfriend? Am I going <laughs> to... Like, I don't know what's going to happen after <laughs> after this podcast. It's like a cliffhanger to a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you started... You started singing during your mic check, and <laughs> I've been doing that to myself, like, nervously. Like, what the fuck am I doing with my fucking life? Oh, my God. Terror, terror, terror. <laughs> and that's the way I've been handling stress. So now it's just, it's all, it's all meant to be. It's all I do that, together. too, though. Like, if I'm stressed out, I'll, I'll sing to myself. Or if someone's pissing me off. Like, this fucking bitch is taking forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I started doing it. <laughs> I think the most popular thing I ever did on my podcast wasn't, like, any of the, like, fucking interviews I desperately tried to like get or anything like that it was I was so upset about like we bombed Syria or something (laughs) and I didn't want to cover it because it was so sad and I just in a panic just read the article in that sing song where I'm like four children fucking dead in Syria (laughs) we funded the you know we funded Saudi Arabia they used our weapons and it was just like yeah, it's how I deal with panic. It's it the best. D- it delivers it. It, it delivers does. it softly. It does. It does. Have you ever like unleashed anger on a stranger? And I ask that because I Ye- have been hanging out with children. My, yeah, okay. My niece and nephew. And they've um, unearthed a, a visceral rage in me. <laughs> like it's, it's out of love. Incredible. The rage is purely out of love. Yeah. But I can, I honestly said to myself, I understand why parents snap. Sure. Like well, not Casey Anthony, 
not that far. Okay. Not putting your kid in a bag so you can go out on a Friday night. Sure. But like, well, where else are you gonna snappy. put him? You, you made that sound normal. Put him in a bag. <laughs> put your fucking kid in a bag put so you kid. can go out on a Friday night. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I can under like I've never snapped on somebody in public, and I had to like talk myself down off of a ledge yesterday. It's also most of that time of month. By so. the way, when you said someone, I there's a difference between someone and children. You definitely like no, heightened. not snapping at the children. Oh, snap! The children were. Growing uh, the rage, growing the rage, and, and the then, rage almost came out. You know it. that projected yeah, anger. Yeah, I did such a. I don't <laughs> even know if you would call this like an old man thing. I did a weird thing because I've just been more anxious and depressed, maybe suicidal uh, what, than I've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it because uh, bigger I've, changes are coming? I think so, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out if I'm doing the wrong thing or if I'm sabotaging a really wonderful thing. That, probably the latter. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> and so I've just been I've just been very, very tense. And my girlfriend and I were in the elevator yesterday and this woman came in and I go, Hey, because yeah, I always say hi to people and everyone in my building's really nice. And she just like stared at us. And suddenly I was like, I guess you're who I'm taking all my shit out on. Like, I got so mad. At her? As she, yep. And I just went, cool. And then she <laughs> then she hit the button right above me. So we were going to have to stop again. And I go, awesome. And then, <laughs> and I don't do this, like, at all. And then. Uh, and then you punched her. <laughs> and then I beat the shit out of her and put her in a bag. Put her in a fucking bag. That's why you got to say hi to people on the elevator. Um, three children dead in Saudi Arabia. So then <laughs> uh, I'm sweating We're already, available for way. babysitting. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, yeah, by the time you go to pay Jessime for her babysitting, her rage will be uh, at, at, at peak. Oh, my God. And then when she left, this is the, I've never done this. I literally, I became an old passive aggressive, like, mother where <laughs> she walked out. She goes to walk out of the elevator and I go, have a great day. Like super, <laughs> I literally sounded like, I sounded like the angry mom at like the playground. And then she turned around, by the way, lovely smile. And I was like, fuck, did she just not hear me the first time? She, yeah. Cause then it could be like a, a medical issue. Is she yeah, deaf? Or like, does she not speak English? Like what's right. an Airbnb situation? Or also like, who the fuck am I that I deserve a hello? Where like, what did I think I was going to be like? Hi. And she was going to like break into applause. Like, oh, you're such a fucking gentleman. Um, <laughs> So, like, I'm the piece of shit on, like, many levels. I think if you, like, hold the door for someone and they don't say thank you, you can follow them to your car shouting you're welcome. Like, that I think is fine. But I definitely think the elevator woman, it was 100% oh me being a psychopath. I, I definitely want to title this episode, I'm the piece of shit on many levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. And then people will be like, wow, who's the guest? And then they'll see my name on the back. Oh, that's right. That sounds right. But that happens, though, man. And it's like the anger that you put out is so far from the source of what created it so far. And so the person who gets it has no idea. And and then we're all revolving in these like circles in society, just projecting mini angers on people oh, yeah. all day long. Oh, I've had people, man, maybe I am a psycho. I've had people like honk at me in the car and instead of flipping them off, I'll just be like, if, if their windows are down, I'll be like, who hurt you? Because it's not about me at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm a great driver. You. Uh, Mar- I said that to a dude did you? <laughs> Yeah, It wasn't because he was angry. It was because he was really sad. Oh, okay. And, and he just was so open and not open in a way of like love, open in a way of please fill me with something. Right. Similar to you sometimes. Similar to every comedian. Yeah, I've, every comedian we've ever met. Also similar to me always. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
that was like ve- the kindest thing you've ever said to me was giving me that sometimes. Uh, you want to hear the shittiest thing I've said to my girlfriend? So yes. we, we're not mean to each other. We've we've just been in like panic. And usually what will happen <laughs> is I'll just like, I'll just go to sleep. Uh, that's how I, I slowly will go to sleep when things get scary. Well, that can help. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, but the other day I said to her, I go, oh, I said something like, <laughs> I was like, did I hurt somebody in your life and they sent you to avenge them? <laughs> like she did. She like lied about something. What? I got so mad. Do you want to go into the lie? I mean, we can't. I shouldn't, but we okay. can't. Can, can, can we put your audience on the honor system? I mean, yes. she's not on social media. <laughs> Guys, we're but on the honor system because I have a lot of <laughs> shit that I would tell you off air. That I feel like I have to unload. We're somewhere. dishing the relationship dirt, so you guys have to do the Plusonian honor. We can have a code too for like um, uh, break up or stay together. Like if they tweet me <laughs> and they're like, "Take the gig," that means break up. <laughs> like do yeah. comedy again. Yeah. Okay, that's what we'll do. So take the gig. Take the gig. And w- w- what could um, be? So um, what's stay in the relationship? Stay in the relationship would be book the. Sh- uh, Take the gig. Trust your agent. Yeah, trust your agent. <laughs> but take the gig if you should leave her. <laughs> this doesn't even make sense, but it, it makes perfect sense. It makes sense. perfect sense. And, and trust your agent if he should stay. If I should stay. <laughs> you, By the way, you can already see subconsciously where I'm at because like taking the gig is like the cool on the road thing. Yeah. And like trusting your agent is like the boring fucking like status quo. <laughs> like I'm like, I want to do the artsy. She's the, she's wonderful how long have you guys been together can we start there sure oh this is this part's gonna really make me a man here's how we can actually start remember the last time i was on your podcast and you told me not to move too fast yes and it's that, a different and- girl <laughs> oh my god i wish you could see it's a different girl i wish everyone could see your face Cause, <laughs> they cause, can because here's the oh good good because here's, here's the thing when you text, now they can when i texted you about this that i'm moving and you reacted by being like, ah, don't do that. Um, and did I, what was the second question? It was probably like you're moving too fast or whatever, but you thought, I, I'm pretty positive you thought it was the first girl, which means at least then it would be. Then it would be six like some, months. right. Still not enough to uproot your life. And Where are you uprooting to? Arizona. 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 Have you seen the creatures in Arizona? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People but, aren't meant to live in the desert. But the creatures in Los Angeles are almost getting hit by cars, Instagram storing themselves. Yeah, so, so I would the rather. The agents and the I Instagram would, models would, out here are also rather, creatures. I would rather go to a state where they don't know what an influencer is. You, know what I mean? I, you say that, but then you walk by a cactus that shoots. They have shooting cactus. Do they? Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, I mean, it is fucking cool. Like, I've never thought I would want to go to the desert or anything like that. And it feels like you're on another planet. Oh, it's it's definitely like it's it's reptilian in a different era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everything's so dry. Muy seca, muy seca. Yeah. And the bugs just reflect that lack of moisture. And yeah. it, the people... I swear everyone there is a shaman. So I feel like they're all mystical. They're all so nice. <laughs> really? I is the only place I like find myself driving the speed limit because everyone is. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not talking about Phoenix. Everyone, I'm not moving to Phoenix. Everyone's like, oh, cool. I love Phoenix. I'm like, oh, well, Bisbee, you're, you're going to move in with Stanhope? It's like kind of by Bisbee. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, Phoenix is like trash. Um, <laughs> but like Tucson, Bisbee, uh, Scottsdale, like there were such cool places I haven't heard anyone honk their horn. I haven't seen people on their phone. Everyone says fucking That's because hi. they're dehydrated. That could be why. They don't have any energy. They're just weak. <laughs> yeah. 
It's they're like weak because of lack of moisture. It's like when people are like, vegans are so nice. It's like, no, 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 they're starving. They're exhausted. Yeah, yeah, they're so tired. Um, even, all they've had is a, is a kale, a slice of kale. Yep, and, 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 and they used up all that energy yelling at their non-vegan friends. <laughs> I know, God. I was vegan people for are still doing 15 that. years. Oh, I still have my whole sleeve. Is that a cow? It's a whole vegan tattoo, and I'm oh, not God. vegan anymore. Really? And it's not like... See, you even overcommit to your tattoos. To tattoo. yeah, I know, yeah, that's why I'm showing you this. And by, <laughs> and by the way, it's not like a cute thing where it says like vegan, and it's like a pig holding a pig. It's literally... It's a murder scene. It's a massacre. No, it's a massacre. There's a woman in a hat stabbing a cow. Oh, no, the cow is stabbing the woman. Here's the thing. Is I that did, a pig with a pistol? It is. <laughs> also, I did not know the farmer was a woman. And is it, it? in the era we're living in, I always thought it was a guy. And someone was like, that's a woman. And I was like, oh, no. It kind of looks like a woman. a woman being murdered on my arm. Well, you know, but I mean, it, that's the least of your worries. It looks like it. Anyway, so yeah. So I was <laughs> vegan. <laughs> um, so how long, What what's the official length of a relationship with this chick? Like three months. Holy fuck. I know. I know. I and know. you guys are moving together to Arizona. Yeah. What does she do for work? Uh, she has quit to <laughs> help, to move to help with the pot. Uh, no, she was. I mean, here's the thing. Let me tell you the to help with the what podcast. So let, so you're gonna work together. Yeah. and you're gonna live together. Correct. And you think that's gonna turn out okay? You know, your tone seems supportive enough that we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, all right, so here, here's the romantic elevator pitch of oh, it first. Oh, gosh. So, like, so, yeah, sell me the we, show. We go on a date. Don't even kiss on the first date. We, like, cuddle during, like, fucking How to Train Your Dragon. It's the sweetest thing. We walk around a fucking mall for hours. I don't know if that's just, sweet like, or creepy. We'll was, call it sweepy. We'll call it sweepy. And we were just, like, talking, telling each other about our lives, etc. She had to go to Vegas the next day um, to meet her friends who were visiting from Australia. And we were kind of, like, looked at each other uh and she's like, do you want to go? Oh, Jesus Christ. And I was like, fuck yes, because it's super romantic. Is so, it? Yes. So we take this like six-hour road trip, tell each other everything. I tell her all of my fucking baggage, anything bad before we sleep together. I'm like, she's going to know, right? So and, she can make her own decision. Yep. So I tell her everything. She tells me all of her shit. Um, we go to Vegas. I go, Hey, why don't you hang out with your friends? Cause I'm trying not to be like codependent and like latch on. Right. But the trip to Vegas, like you, th- yeah. And I'm you're like, like, I'm going to go hang out in the room for a couple hours. I was going to write. And so like, she went out with her friends. She came back and it was awesome. Total magic. Next day we hang out with her friends. Um, we go to like hike some fucking mountain outside of Vegas. I am totally afraid of heights, but have to like be cool you know and like pretend like i'm not so scared and i'm like wow i'm doing this for a girl and you poor dudes man i know i've only been going on like dating app things and they've been so miserable what apps what what was what's the latest app you've been rocking out on hinge was like the one the that i closed out on i was on raya for like a little bit (laughs) oh you got up on raya on the celebrity one look at you that should have felt nice all influencers lasted a month and was immediately kicked off where they were like you're not famous really yeah i got like recommended in and you got kicked off not kicked off but they were like uh they were like, you don't uh, hold up to our standards. Okay. And I think that, by the way, was one of the reasons that I'm like, I have to get a fucking girlfriend immediately. I'm well, like their standards are what? Girls who sell fit tea on Instagram yeah, and take of- ass photos. I'm I'm one half of that, I will say. But, I, but at least funny. I'm not hawking products. Y- yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm only hawking weed and my ass. Weed and, and, then, and comedy dates. And Alzheimer's. And so Alzheimer's. there's all that. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> If you tie in a charity, you can show your coochie as much as you want. That is that's science. That is what I'm. That's that's that's, that's social media science. That is yeah. yeah. That's uh, the direct quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson. 
<laughs> I, I believe it is. I was going to say Bill Nye, but decided to be a little progressive. Well, and yeah, because Bill the Nye, black scientist. But the, Neil deGrasse is actually, uh, I think he's an astrophysicist. Is his title? Can I tell you something about Bill Nye? Bill Nye is like a crackhead. I did an MSNBC. Uh, I'm just kidding, Bill Nye. Him. I love you. Hold on. Uh, oh, I might be right. So I did an MSNBC panel with him, and. Uh, I was so excited to meet him. Everyone yeah, loves I love him. Bill especially Nye. now that he's gotten like super progressive and whatever. And by the way, he was nice, but like something has pushed that man over the edge. Like Where, is he is he is he like Like I walked into the green room Michael and he Douglas was shuffling edge. snacks into his bag. What? Like <laughs> like what do you mean? And I walked. What snacks though? What snacks? I have no. Like, it was if like, it's cheese, it's I get it. No, it was no, it wasn't like bagged snacks. It was like from like the fucking tray of like either like cheese or fruit. And I was so I walked out like I walked in on like my girlfriend having sex with someone. Where like oh, it was you're like what? Oh, haunting. What the fuck? Just him because he's really tall too. Just him like hunched <laughs> over the snack table, be like <laughs> and like just fucking just dragging his hand over the snacks like into his o- open satchel. Yeah, it was. So fucking. I imagine he's got like one of those, you know, those like paleontologist purses, yes, like those yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's shoveling it into, uh, shoveling the snacks. Why the is he? I don't know. I that don't know. seems like a quirk. Or maybe he's thrifty. Yeah, I think he's just really quirky. Because he, well, we took a picture together, and he like gave me some like lecture about like how everyone holds the camera wrong. But I think that's just like his spiel. Like it's like his little joke that he gives when he takes a selfie with people. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And I, I he's also been famous. For so long, for decades, and in different worlds where he was like kid famous, yes. which is fucking weird, and now he's adult famous, and now he's like political adult, yeah, it's kind real, of famous. And, and Neil deGrasse even gave him like a stamp of imp- of approval yeah. too. So I would, we, we have to blame Neil deGrasse. Tyson. I mean, I, I, I interviewed Neil deGrasse Tyson a while ago too, and he started off seeming like an asshole, and then opened up, yeah. And you just forget when someone is that famous for so long, the amount of shit they put up with. Ah. Like I never judge a celebrity by like, you know, he didn't want a selfie or he yelled at a person because thinking about what they must go through every day. But it's not like I yelled at a lady on an elevator for not smiling at me. Well, that's because you, know you have an enormous void on the inside. That, oh yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right, and right, it's right. being filled with all different with things. Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Arizona is going to save me. I literally think it's going to save you. Go. Got a horn for you, Katie. Got Arizona. a horn. It, We've said that even in the relationship. Where we're like, what are we going to do? And we're like, we're just going to fucking, it's, it'll get better in Arizona. But like, to the point of Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye being jerks, it's not like they're fa- they're science nerds. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like they're, you know, uh, a Kim Kardashian where well, also, you would expect that to be yeah, a, a, and also a bitch. Like their job still sucks. If we get famous for comedy, we get to do comedy. Yeah. If they get famous for science, they have all the downsides of being famous, but then they have to still go do like peer-reviewed studies. Yeah. And That's like, far lamer. Go we still and get deal to, with like, chemicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe burn themselves. We still just get to like party for 45 minutes. They have to go realize there is life on other planets and they're stuck with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they're also seeing, yeah, they're seeing the effects of climate change while we're just like fucking like smoking weed after a show with fans. And we're like, fame so hard. And they're like, we're all going to die. The earth is burning. Yeah, it's no good. And I mean, speaking of earth is burning, you're going to be living in the hottest, driest place ever. I've, I've ignored every... Anytime someone tells me something bad about Arizona, I'm just like, it's fine. It is a beautiful place. I will say it's a beautiful place. My only concern is that you're you're both going to this place and starting anew together. Yeah. My, my concern is you're... you're trying to put roots in a place 
a new place to live when you guys don't have roots in your relationship yet. Yeah. So we were both, that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> we were, we were both pretty miserable here. She hated her fucking job. And what was she doing? Just like some, she was doing like marketing and shit, but for some like bullshit company she didn't care about. And everyone was like drinking there and gossipy and like the pay was shit. And, it, it, it was just your classic, just awful nine to five. And because of that, she was, you know, I mean, she told me like early on, she was turning into this like person she didn't want to be where she was just doing like the classic like dating apps, go get drunk. It, it was just awful. And, Cyclical and, bullshit. Yeah. And it's not who she is. Like she's really fucking funny and weird and nice. And she was just turning <laughs> into one me. of those nine to five Robots. robots who would be like we, we like she was it, it's so funny i still see her break into it and it's like her nine to five robot is still being like killed by her like creative person where she'll be like super funny and we're like doing bits together and then we'll we'll go to the supermarket or something and she'll be like hey working for the weekend and i'm like what the fuck like it was like a spirit <laughs> of like a, like uh, just some weird like uh, it was it's so bizarre and i'm like well, that's not you like you're a weird quirky person and she's like well, i gotta hate monday short circuit like it's so bizarre and is it possible that you don't quite know the full person yet that could also be it i mean that's that could i'm totally telling you it. right now it's 100 it totally. it takes at least six months yes. to start to really smell out the real bullshit no and i agree and but i will say that what's cool about this no matter what happens and i was fucking positive like here's something she doesn't fucking know like <clears throat> i have an engagement ring I haven't told anyone that. I haven't told my friends. You have an that. engagement ring? Yeah. For her? Yeah. Why? Well, now it's fucking very deeply <laughs> hidden. Uh, as I, as <laughs> Where? I, as like I in, your, out in your butt, in a Ziploc, <laughs> in your bunghole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please it, hide it someplace it, really it, good. It's in my baby bag in case I make <laughs> oh that mistake God. as well. It's in the stroller that I bought yeah. <laughs> next door. Was it's there it. just like a shopping mall of yeah. bad decisions? It's like gun, <laughs> engagement ring, strollers, yeah. mess. A, there's a kid in the closet. I'm like, shh. <laughs> I don't know how far this is going to go anymore. Um, and so... Well, you really got an engagement ring. Yeah. Yeah. Can't you see you move too fast? So here's the sad part of it. <laughs> the sad part is this. Is... So I was married. Right. And that was a public disaster. But we were together for like 10 years, 11 years, something like that. And it just turned into a friendship for the last five years. We tried an open relationship, which was her idea. Um, I tried the like sleeping around on the road thing. What was what were the worst aspects of the open relationship? It, you know, it, it's hard for me to speak on that because our relationship was broken in ways that like I can't really talk about. And I, I um, so it's not like you, you but, went into it in a, in a healthy like it wasn't like, hey, let's just try this for fun. It was like, maybe this will fix it. Yes. Right. A hundred percent. And I mean, I will say that. Uh, communication and both having the exact same goals and wants and needs is the only way to do it because I'll see people who are like public advocates for open relationships and they're like, it's a great thing and people come at us, but like, we know we love each other. And then like the next day they're on Instagram and they're like, you know, it's really just about perseverance. And they're like, <laughs> uh, like it seems like a fucking nightmare, but monogamy I, I is could not. also really hard. Monogamy. Yeah. The, it's very difficult and it almost comes down to like the balance happening within each individual human Yeah, because we all have voids that we're trying to fill and yeah. we all have needs and there's like, I feel like every relationship at its most healthiest is a constant push and pull. Mm -hmm. Like the person wants to be wanted and needed and then they also want to provide and we're dancing in that middle ground of 
does he love me? Am I the one that's loved more? And I love him more. Like it's that constant back and forth. I heard once someone say that like the key, maybe it was just to a good sex life or passion is attraction and and an obstacle a lot of oh, times yeah, it's an obstacle whether it's long percent distance, an obstacle it, you know i mean e- even right now like we've been struggling but like the the the, the like attraction and the passion and stuff that has not gone away because it's been five minutes because it's been five minutes and it's just been fucking chaos and yeah like pandemonium and, and and chemistry and chaos is not realistic or based on love yeah so here's Here's what I will say that's good for both of us, which is I've only lived in New York and L.A. She has never actually done something she's passionate about. No matter what happens, we are in a better situation now than we were before we met. Individually? Individually. Right. A hundred percent. It's the happiest she's ever been. It's the, the first time she's ever felt supported. It's the first time she said that someone has like fucking believed in her. Um, she's always just been like the girlfriend. Have you met any of her people? Her family, met, friends? Yep, I fucking flew to dallas um she's like that's right remember when you said you were going yeah, to dallas she said her family is like never taken to someone like this like her mom like texts like i love you like there's something really special about us you sure it's not a cult that they're trying to get you into yeah or the have you have you just well. yeah is the mom also missing <laughs> some love in the in the relationship yeah yeah she, <laughs> she's moving to arizona with us <laughs> That's normal, right? We have a mother-in-law apartment, and we are not married yet. We're doing everything backwards. I got it at the store. Bad decisions. We uh, just picked out each other's funeral plots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, that would be fucking cathartic at this point. I think and everyone should do shit backwards. Do it backwards. Do it all backwards. Get divorced, then married, then have the kid. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, but that's that's another thing. Is So when I was doing the like one-night stand stuff, I didn't like that either. And this was the first... It's hard because part of me, and she asked me this yesterday, she's like, were you happier before? And part of me... Happier before what? We met. Like that lifestyle. And I will say that before we met and after the divorce, I spent two years, three years, getting incredibly healthy, focusing on jujitsu, focusing Yourself. on my diet. I'm not drinking. Um, I was writing. I was doing art. I was like... And then you just, were loving yourself. And, yeah, and then just like little things. Like I'm like, I want to watch pro wrestling. I used to love pro wrestling. And like I started That's watching. why I wore the shirt. Oh, it's so I wore sweet Josh you. Wolf's shirt for you. It says I'll wrestle you. Yes. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. And so like little things like that. And but when it came to dating, I was I was miserable doing dating apps. I was miserable like when I was having sex. I was I and I and I didn't want I, I What was I, was it hard for you to connect? It was hard for me to connect. And I also feel like I have this thing where I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not guy in a bar you want to fuck hot, but I'm like little <laughs> baby bird you want to nurse back to health hot. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very, <laughs> I'm like, I'm. Ah, yeah, like you, I like, I kind of, there's a small part of me that wants to go find a worm, chew it up and put it back it into you. That's it. A yeah, very yeah. Sm- but I'm also ovulating. So it, I don't know what came first, the chicken or it, your egg. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's probably both. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and so like, this is going to sound super. So. When you I, moving to Arizona has already trumped a, everything a, a else. Lo- okay, good. Well, like a lot of times, like I'm, I feel like I'm good at sex because I'm needy. Like I want to do a bit about this. <laughs> like I want to do a bit for about, women. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like my my tombstone. Like will literally read like, cool, cool. But you came right. Like it's like that <laughs> kind of like I just. And so what happens is there's like the needy, broken artist thing, and then there's like this. Like I don't know how to just have sex and like a. Uh, 
not connecting way. So then what happens is the the girls will get attached and now I'm like, oh, am I going to be an right. asshole? Even when we said, and this happened in the open relationship. You, you have the attachment sex where you give it your all. Yes. You give the, it your all. And that was one of all, that was one of the biggest problems in the open relationship was suddenly I felt like I was cheating because all these girls who knew I was in an open relationship wanted something more and I was like, fuck. I think and, it definitely is uh, on both sides. Everyone's just the, it, in, until you take the time like you took after to do the things that you need to do for your soul, yeah. you're always going to be wanting more from other people. Yeah, and so when I met when I met my girlfriend, it really did seem like, oh wow, this is perfect on every level. And then why happened, why was it perfect on every level? We just really really connected, and she was. Just, you can burp. You can let it oh, out. Thank you. Are she you going to cry? I'm going to cry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she was. Just again, really sweet and funny and supportive. And like, I've been in long relationships with like very mean people. And, and why do you think you've been in, why do you think you stayed in relationships with mean people? Oh, because my mom's an alcoholic and I want to fix them. Ah. You know? Simple. And, and, and I think I deserve that. Abuse. Right. That's, that's your, your, your source of love and your idea of love is based in abuse. Yeah. So my like, my last, the, the last girl I was with for a long time was like, a year ago or two years ago and we were together for like a year and she was far and away the most gorgeous girl like I've ever seen like where in the very beginning I'm like you're too hot for me this shouldn't so then when she turned out to be like mean and jealous and like even like like physically abusive there was part of me that I'm like oh yeah well this is the price you pay yeah because gorgeous like, I, girls are demons yeah and science I, yeah, yeah science uh so I don't deserve <laughs> I thought of I was trying to think of another scientist and I literally don't know anyone Lewis and Clark I don't know Lewis anyone besides and- Bill and I <laughs> and, uh, is Jane Goodall considered oh, a scientist yeah, sure, sure sure she's like an animal activist yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she talks R.I.P. To, R.I.P. Is she, is she dead uh she lives with the gorillas now okay uh that's a metaphor maybe you can go more you can go live with her Oh, she is dead. I think so. Yeah. See, I would have, I would have more, I'm more of an issue of you moving to Arizona than you living with Jane Goodall, who's dead in the jungle with the, with the apes. (laughs) Holding (laughs) onto a dead Jane Goodall. You're like, finally, (laughs) Jamie's grown up. Uh, He's he's fulfilled his heart. He's good. Doing stand up. And the, so, um, uh, I forgot what I was talking about. Codependent, needy. Oh, you were meeting her and you, you were talking about how everything was perfect. Yeah, and she was just so kind and nice. And you know, when I met her family, she comes from kind of like a conservative Southern family. And oh I have boy, never really had and that. you show up with that man chip face and all those tattoos. Yeah, and they fucking they, love. They and wanted she never just... dated anyone with tattoos. She never. And we talked about politics, and it, it was wonderful. Her family is fucking wonderful. She is wonderful. Um, I mean, it could be. Something real. Yeah. And what's, and again, what's, I've only lived in New York. I've only lived in LA. I've never just focused on my art and getting out of the noise and not worrying about who's in the audience and, and, and stuff like that. And we can talk about it. That's like the comedy so, stuff you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Like what? And then she's never had a job she's cared about. And she's never, she's always just been in this fucking drag and she's healthier than she's ever been. And she's not drinking. And, but why not do that here? Why not do it in LA? Well, so then there's the other thing, which is just I'm still rebuilding my career, and the yeah. podcast is new, and it's start it's taken off enough where we're making a living, but not a great right. one. Um, and I just decided I want to start doing stand up again, but I'm like, it was hard to book me 
when I was going on TV. Right. And, and now, so you decided to move the hotbed comedy central of the well, country in Arizona. So this is, I actually got discovered <laughs> in Albuquerque when I was living you in my did? car. Preventa. I love Albuquerque. Yeah. Yeah. I love like, Albuquerque. Poetry. Listen to this. This is my, this is how I got discovered. When someone's like, how do you make it in comedy? I'm like, here's what you do, buddy. Uh, you, <laughs> Sit down when you're, and get a ticket yeah, to Albuquerque. When you're 22, you're going to move too fast in another relationship and you and her are going to go live out of your car for two years. Is then, this what you did in Albuquerque? Yep. Then you're going to, uh, this is again, this is my advice to people who want to be comics. Then you're going to, uh, you're going to go gig to gig because you can't afford a place to stay. So you're going to ask for just enough money to make it to the next city. That means you're not going to have an actual route or goal. So you're not trying to get to LA. You're not trying to get to New York. You're just, you're just aimlessly... trying to get to the next gig so yep. you can do comedy. So they're going to pass hats. You're going to sleep on floors. You're going to sleep in your car. Then you're going to do a gig uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's going to go fine. You have a gig in San Antonio the next day, which you're going to want to do when you're in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is you're going to want to take mushrooms. When you take mushrooms, <laughs> you're going to sleep too late and you're going to miss your gig in San Antonio. Now, you can reschedule the gig in San Antonio. However, what's going to happen if you do everything right is it's going to snow in Texas. Probably, you think, triggered by your mushroom trip. Texas doesn't know how to handle snow, so they close. So you literally yeah, the whole, can't, all go, of it closes. can't go into Texas. So you're going to befriend a slam poet in Albuquerque. He's going to give you a gig. At that gig, you show up to the gig as an audience member. You pay $10 to two strippers those two strippers give you back uh, your money in quarters depending on how much you like the performer that determines how many quarters you hurl at the stage then the strippers come with cups on their boobs they come down they put the change uh, in their cups you get paid in change uh, in the back room in the corner will be Paul Provenza who you're like was that the guy from Northern Exposure before it went off the air and it's like was yep, he? yep he replaced the lead character and then it went off the air uh, then I used to love that show uh, me too I was doing uh, uh, I was doing like slam poetry stuff because I wasn't getting booked as a comic Paul comes up to me and goes you're actually a comic aren't you and I go yeah and he goes I want to like help you um, I was homeless for the next two weeks so oh I forgot about this part so then what we did <laughs> we uh, snuck into a pay whatever you want meditation retreat a vipassana silent meditation oh retreat it sounds like a nightmare because I was vegan and there was vegetarian food stayed there for two weeks I get a text from Paul because I snuck my fucking phone in uh, I get a text from Paul tell the meditation people I'm sick they don't believe me and they want to see my throw up because people lie and freak out. I That's had to weird. Break out in the middle of the night. Uh, I sneak into the girl side of camp to get my then girlfriend. She goes, I'm staying. And I go, all right, bye. And then I fucking leave. Uh, then get into Just for Laughs because of Paul. And he takes me to China to open for him. And then I start making a living doing comedy. So all you have to do is be homeless in Albuquerque for two weeks in your car. And, and then, then all that uh, other stuff. And then escape a meditation cult. And then take mushrooms. And then take mushrooms. So Texas closes. <laughs> they wanted to see your throw up. That's were, so weird. Were, I was like, oh, there's like blood in it. I was like trying to be like too detailed. And I was like, <laughs> there's a fingernail <laughs> yeah. and a finger attached to it. I think that's why I threw up. It's pretty bad. I yeah. swallowed a finger. I know you said this is vegan, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one yeah. of your vegan friends was pointing at me and telling me how to be vegan. And I got hungry and bit their finger. Yeah. yeah. And if you believe me, I'll probably develop an unhealthy attachment. And do you want to move? To Arizona. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's how uh that, Paul Provenza so have, have you magic. have he your main friends to, with him? Yeah, he just texted me now. He wants to see me before I go. So this actually goes to the comedy thing we were talking about before we went off the air. So when I moved to LA, I really haven't done comedy a lot. I did a couple of like the Triple E Rogan shows at the store. And how long how long have you been in LA now? Like three years, dude. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been that long. And, and and I think that I was I was really scared because I've had different factions of different groups say 
mean or untrue things about me. And so every Fuck time, everybody and what they say or no, think, I know, man. But whenever, but whenever I show up, I'm like, what do these people think about Ugh. me? Like, what is the preconception? And then because my gigs were so few and far between, I would always do... I mean, the solid set I have now is new. It's like a set I've done this year. It's not like 10-year-old stuff, but I wouldn't want to do new stuff. I would be nervous. Yeah. I wasn't just like getting up. It didn't become a habit. There, like I didn't have a home club. Like, and uh, it was just a bummer. And, and, and I felt like a failure. And then when I did do shows, I put so much pressure on it that it wasn't fun. Like I canceled shows. I, thought it was I tried to Mr. Miyagi. I really thought you caught that. <laughs> you could have pretended you did. And I would have been it just so impressed. <laughs> so, and not said anything. Just my I, eyes went so wide. I'm listening. I just, the fly came right in your face. Um, and and, and, and so, I, so Paul's always been the one. That I've gone to and been like, I'm going to quit comedy. And he's like, you're a piece of shit. Don't quit. Like he took me. <laughs> he's the reason that I was famous for a brief amount of time. Like he took me to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival when I wasn't making a living in New York. Put me up on his couch. And suddenly I was playing these huge music festivals yeah. overseas and um, getting reviews and getting written up. And and all the, and I, I could make a living. That's because of Paul. So every time I told Paul I wanted to quit, he would just call me a pussy and he would yell at me <laughs> and like nag me back into doing comedy. Solid. It's like a Russian Olympian coach. Yeah. And I, and I was, and it made me hate comedy more sometimes. Like I remember at Robin Williams funeral, he started like yelling at me about it and I like almost like punched him in the face. Why like, was he yelling at Robin Williams funeral? Just because Robin was always the one who told me not to quit. And yeah. when Robin died, I was like, I'm going to quit. And so Paul started like, he was just drunk at the bar and started yelling at me about it. And I was obviously like really emotional. How did you meet Robin Williams? What, what, when did that He came about? to my show in San Francisco. Um, and then he just asked to come backstage before the show. And said, what were you think? Like, who told you that? So there's a comic named Rick Overton. And an I actor. know Rick. Yeah. So Rick was really good friends with Robin. Yeah. And Rick knew my stuff because of Provenza. Yep. And so Rick brought Robin. They were just hanging out in San Francisco. And Robin came backstage and he was. What were you fe- like? What did you f- like when you saw him, what did you think? Comfortable right away. Really? Right away. Uh, because he's wonderful. Yeah, he's, he was so fucking so magical. genuine and magical. And what was cool was he would talk in like a really hushed like tone. I loved his voice. But he would still have the same emphatic energy. Yeah. So he would, you know, like after the show, he was like doing my like bits back to me. He was like, oh, the one where you were. But he was quiet. Yeah. You know, but his hands were still going. Yeah. And he was still really excited. And he was like, you know, when you said that thing about Miles Davis, like I remember like I used to like see Miles Davis in New York, like driving down the street in his convertible and like, but he was quiet and he was looking down. Right. It was like, it was like a shy version of Robin Williams. And I remember I did the show and, you know, a lot of comics fucking don't laugh, don't watch other comedians, whatever. Uh, it was at the punchline. It's an occupational hazard. It's an occupational hazard. And actually, stepping away from comedy has made me love it again. Yeah, you have to. Cool. It's, it's with everything. You yeah. got it. When you're in it, you need, you don't have that perspective. You got to get that bird's eye view to get out of everything. A relationship, your own head, yeah. your your career. Yeah, because you get bitter. You forget how cool it is. You forget that when you started comedy, your dream was, if I can just make $25 as an MC. Like, I'll be happy, you know? Yeah. And suddenly you're headlining in fucking Kansas City. And no the perspective. And is doing the big black dick the thing. The big with black a, dick with thing. And you're stand, annoyed. And you're just like, fuck comedy. Fuck this. Yep. Someone said to me once, um, or it might have been an Instagram post. I can't remember because now prolific things just come in memes. <laughs> um, don't forget, you used to want what you already have. 
Yeah. And that's always, I mean, that's, that's a, it's a human instinct to want more. Yeah. Because we're all, you know, we have these cells in us that are dying to evolve. Well, you have to which balance Which is the it. irony. Yeah, you have to balance it with <laughs> gratitude. Like, I think that the meaning of life is really growth, you know? Absolutely. But at the same time, if you're not grateful for what you already have to balance that, you're fucked. Yeah. And, and, and that's the problem. That's where a lot of comics get a lot of times, you know? Right. Um, and so those comedians, like you say, they weren't, were they not laughing after those shows? Uh, in San Francisco? Well, no, 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 no. What I was going to say is just comics in general. Myself, I've been guilty of this. When Robin was at my show, arguably the most famous comedian who is ever I've ever seen at a comedy club, the punchline's really dark. You play there, right? Yeah. It, it, you can't really see the audience. I knew exactly where he was sitting because he was energy? laughing so oh. fucking loud, <laughs> and it was his laugh. Yeah. And it, it was it, he was in the back booth in the center. I can still see it in darkness when I think about it right now. Wow. And uh, that's you, why I can't imagine making Robin Williams laugh on on the punchline stage, oh, which is like legend. And, like San Francisco punchline is a legendary comedy club. Yeah. And then Molly, please email me back. And then, uh, <laughs> I love Molly. And then she's the best. Um, I don't think I'm going to be back at that club. Um, <laughs> all and, right. And, Evolve. And, move and, on. And she, and, and then, and then him coming backstage and quoting your jokes to you. I would, that's what I'm saying. Like when you say you're comfortable, it's, I guess, cause I wasn't there. It's a testament to, to Robin's energy, but I would have been like, I probably would have cried. Well, the thing is like, he made you feel so comfortable and so special that I didn't understand why Barack Obama was talking about my dead friend when he died. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, the second I met him, forgot how big he was. Right. At all. Didn't get, and that's all wasn't him. nervous. I definitely had this moment where I'm like, I'm going to fucking murder tonight. <laughs> like I was like, I'm bringing this everything I have. Anytime I have those moments, it's just crickets. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've had a couple where it's like, because it's also, I've never been comfortable making a living. So I'm like, this is going to be it. Yeah, so, this is my last and, show. And, and by the way, it happened. Like he was like, what do you need? And I was like, anything. And the next week I had- Robin his, asked you yep, what you needed. And I had his agent. I had his manager. Um, I did a showcase at UCB, just like an hour uh, solo show. And I had friends in the audience who just said, uh, there was industry in line being like, yeah, I've never heard of this guy, but like Robin Williams, like called our office. Dude. Someone sent me like a timeout London, like a year later, a year after that. And he didn't say this where they asked Robin, like, who are your favorite comics? And he said, me and Joy Behar or not, uh, no, not Joy, uh, uh, fucking, uh, uh, dead, uh, offensive Jewish Joan Rivers. Jo oh yeah. Um, dead offensive Jewish. Uh, that's going to be on my Instagram profile. <laughs> dead offensive Jewish. Joan God, Rivers. she was, ah. Uh, but like that, like insanity, right? So then, um, the first time I was going to quit was when Rogan and I had that falling out years ago. What happened with you and Rogan? Well, so the last time I went back on um, Rogan, Give two, me the years, cliff notes. two years ago, it was like our redemption becoming friends again. But he had me on at the height of my like preachy social justice. Thing. Oh yeah. When you were like, and you couldn't, you got stuck. You got stuck in that. Yeah. Well, because again, I, f I felt like I failed as a comic and the people that were loving me were these like very left of left people. 
because it's very easy to be the funny one in that yep. group. <laughs> and it was the first time I felt accepted. It was the first time I felt smart. It was the first time I felt validated. And like not to get political, and I'm not one of those people that's like, white guy, let's talk about white guys. We have problems. Like, no, <laughs> we, we don't have problems as much. However, as much as you guys are the problem, we are according to society. <laughs> oftentimes the problem. Like if there was like a criminal lineup and you didn't even tell me the crime and it was like a Muslim lady, a trans person, like a white guy, I'd be like, it's, the it's a white guy. It's Chad, clearly. Yeah, it's definitely, it's Tristan. And yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, but, but at the same time, when you're so knee deep in that world, oftentimes when you disagree or when you, I don't know, you like, I would always think if I was like, this is going too far or like going after this comedian for saying this is probably not what we should be focusing on. Right. I would kind of just assume, well, I'm probably wrong because I'm the privileged one in this case. So like, I'm going to kind of be quiet. Um, and I was around a lot of just mean, pretentious people. So, and I was, didn't have confidence. So anyway, so. So where, where did the fight with Rogan start? Oh, it was about the Daniel Tosh rape joke thing where we just like yelled at each other about feminism. And I was on the feminist side and he was on the comedian side. And what was your, what was your argument? Well, about I, that? my argument. St- Cause that was years ago. Yeah, it wasn't. That was like six, six years ago. It was a ago? long time ago. It wasn't. What was the joke? It, what, do you remember what his joke so, was? Okay. So, he, so this is what Rogan and I talked about. The way it was presented to the left, it was Daniel Tosh got on stage and said, like, let's joke about rape. And some woman goes, rape is never funny. And then Daniel Tosh said, you know, it'd be funny if you got raped. Right. Like five guys right now. And then she left crying. So everyone was like, fuck Daniel Tosh on the left. What actually happened that I didn't know before I said fuck Daniel Tosh was kind of much more nuanced where he shows in for a drop in spot. He goes, what do you guys want to talk about? Some douchebag Chad or Tristan said rape. (laughs) And then then, uh, he actually made kind of a really subversive rape joke where he's like, oh, yeah, rape's super funny. What can we talk about? We can talk about the guilt. We can talk about the shame. We can talk about, you know, whatever. Right. The layers of the rape layers. And which are playing at Coachella. Yes, they are. Uh, (laughs) Only the side stages is a bummer. I believe in them for the the backstage. Yeah. (laughs) So then some woman goes, rape's not funny. And then he went into like heckler mode, said something that's not funny. Like you should get raped by five guys. Isn't like the most clever joke in the world. Right. Uh, she leaves crying. And now Daniel Tosh is like a rape apologist. <laughs> oh, so God. What I, I remember all of that. Yeah, And I mean, what I said is still kind of, I still believe in the sense that it's like Daniel Tosh has the free speech to make that rape joke. Other people have the free speech to call him a sexist asshole. Right. Like that should still be a thing. And there are ways like Wanda Sykes has a great rape joke about needing like a detachable pussy. And like George Carlin has a really silly one about like Porky Pig being raped and whatever. But there is and I will still say this. There is like a young breed of comics, not Daniel Tosh, who think that if you just make rape the punchline. That that's that's, funny enough. Yeah. Well, there's got to be context. There has to be some truth. There has to be some sort of through line. From the punchline back to the source, like, what is your point? Yeah, but it was a stupid argument. We were both, I wasn't expecting the argument. I think I... I, You guys got into a legit Twitter war? Screaming, Nettie. Uh, At one point, he was standing up. Wait, you guys were together? Yeah, when I I was on his podcast. At at one point, he was standing up shouting, would you rather be raped or murdered? Here's what people don't know. Uh, is I he'd rather be be want both. I was sober for a while, and I he was like, "Do you want to smoke before the show?" Because I didn't think we were gonna argue because we were friends. Yeah, and like I'd been on the show before, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." I am so high that entire <laughs> fucking time that 
I forget if I've said this on a podcast before. That I've should be an, Joe high. dude. That should be an anti-drug commercial. Is just uh, like Joe Rogan being like, "Hey, you want to smoke weed?" And it's like, "Yeah, totally." And then it's me high, and then it says ten minutes later, and it's a terrifying Joe Rogan standing up screaming, "Would you rather be raped or murdered?" And then it says, "Don't do drugs." Where I would cut to your reaction, you're just like. Oh, it was, just, and I was just like, but the statistics of rape, like it was just awful. Yeah. And, uh, and is that episode still available? Don't please don't send. Come your people on, to why that. not? I'm gonna watch it. All right, yo, sure, You're, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, yes, uh, but the uh, another thing that's available is the Jamie Kilstein podcast. Yes, <laughs> where can they find that? Uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, <laughs> or you can go to jamiekilsteinpodcast.com. Uh, all the links are there. It's also on Patreon. I do something I want to do before we get any deeper into this. Okay, can, can I can I do one thing? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, it's a segment that I started doing. Uh, and it's kind of it, it suits what we're talking about. Yeah, it's called this bitch. Oh, okay. Um, and it basically I ask my fans and listeners to send in a story about any sort of issue they might have had with somebody. That's great. Like to... you know, family, coworker, friend, and then you and I can give advice. Yeah, and we're like this bitch. We're like this bitch. It's so good. This is great. <laughs> okay, this is from. I'm just gonna read the name because unless you tell me not to. It's there. Thomas Luttrell says, Hey, Jesse, love your Instagram podcast. Here's my submission for this bitch. I work at a head shop. Um, she came in. Oh, wait, I already did this guy. Sorry, Thomas. I hope you figured that out. That was a lot of <laughs> drama. The, the, the bitch who didn't know how to smoke weed. She had issues. Oh, no. Bonnie Garza. Okay. Been a fan of yours and love to hear your take on this. My name is Bonsuela, and I've been friends with my B- BFF, Dominique, for about five or six years. Oh, we've I'm, had. I'm glad she wasn't like, I got into an elevator, and some, some <laughs> nebbish Jew started yelling at me for not smiling A man chimpanzee. A chimpanzee. <laughs> You're the chimpanzee. I am. That's my wrestling name. <laughs> is it? No. Oh, it should be. <laughs> you got so excited. <laughs> I did. Uh, she said, we've had some bumpy times in our friendship, but thought we were close until recent. Dun, dun, dun. Dominique and I live in different cities, but aren't that far from each other to, to visit. Um, we keep in touch via text, and she likes to tell, likes to call every other week or so to catch up and talk. Last week we spoke, she swore men off and was going to do the single thing. Fast forward to two weeks from that proclamation, and she sent a group text, including our other close friend, saying, uh, I guess I have a boyfriend now. Is this your girlfriend? I'm like, <laughs> is this my, your girlfriend? My heart's racing. <laughs> It's either my girlfriend or my next one, I assume, once both of our relationships fall through. (laughs) She says, I was confused. Basically, I found out by a group text that her new boyfriend is our mutual guy friend, Dave. Damn. A guy that I hooked up with and dated about three years ago. Uh (gasps) Uh-oh. Dominique knew I dated him. She was there when we met and knew all about our dates. Oh, I want to say we only dated for about maybe two weeks max. Okay. Uh, because the guy had made plans prior to when we met that he was moving abroad. This is all like mixed in with your shit. I know. He came back to the States less than a year ago. Now apparently they are dating. I'm not upset they're an item. I'm really bothered by the fact she didn't tell me outside the group text, according to our other friend in the group. Dominique has been sneaking around with the guy. Why sneak around? Uh, she says, I responded to her group text, essentially calling her out for not coming to me first and instead doing a group text. I was mean about it, but I was frank. And uh, Frank is a guy who you should be fucking to forget all this drama. Yeah. Um, last That was last Monday. She never responded, but continued to look at my IG stories and be active on IG. I never talked to her since. Meanwhile, she knows I plan to visit her in my former city for Memorial Day weekend. So this is back. If I see her, I'm not going to say anything. T- I'm going to say something to her face. Uh, so it already happened, but I hope you dealt with it. But he, 
I have I have a thought. What's your feeling on this? So my Dominique and Bonsuela. So my feeling, I should take Bonsuela's side. Yes. Because I need new podcast listeners. <laughs> but what I will say is to actually get something accomplished, right? Like I could be like, it would be easy to be like, this bitch was sneaking around behind your back, blah, blah, blah. But I also think that Bonsuela is making so much drama out of this that yeah. doesn't need to be there. And I, and I say this like in a really loving way where something I've been working on with myself that my girlfriend's really been working on is because she would tell me about this all the time, like at her office where everyone is just so mean and gossipy. And a lot of times when we are so focused on all these things is because there's something that we're not dealing yep. with ourselves. It's like a projected focus. Yeah. So like, I don't know if I were the girl, I'd be more uncomfortable where I'm like, Oh, my friend was fucking my boyfriend. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she could have been sneaking around because she felt bad. And then maybe she felt bad. And this could not be it by the way, but hypothetically. And then maybe she did the group text because she's like, you know what? I'm too nervous and scared to talk to my best friend about this. Maybe if I do it in the group text, more celebratory, it'll be okay. Right. (laughs) Maybe she was sneaking around this bitch. Maybe she was sneaking around because she was just trying to find a good way to, to, to tell her who the fuck knows. But what I'm seeing in this email is when she goes, why is she still looking at my Instagram stories? Why are you checking your Instagram stories to see if she's looking? Yeah. Why do you fucking care? Like you are spending too much time. Like you're too focused on this. Here's, Here's like the main issue. A, Dominique's not your friend. Okay? She's not your friend because she fucked a dude that you fucked. That is off limits. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't disagree I with that. I fuck him, you don't fuck him. I suck a dick, you don't suck a dick. There's a line drawn. And also, like, Bonsuela, I agree with what he's saying. You're spending, you you need to take up a, a, a Zumba class, girl. <laughs> you are way too occupied in the dramatic pastimes of women who are not your friend. Yeah. Women build women up. In relationships, no matter if it's a friend relationship or a romantic relationship, if the person isn't your fan, you got to throw them to the fucking street. Put them in the trash. Because life is too short to be spending your time and energy on people who don't care about you. And and what you're saying about her, putting that message in the group text, no. I'm sorry. That's some weak ass shit. That's a weak bitch. If she's not going to tell you to your face in like do it in a group text. That's how she views you as a person that you're not good enough to talk to. So I wouldn't even have gone up to her face on that Memorial day parade, but if you did, I hope you felt better, but you need to pick your friends much better Yeah, because it sounds like you're picking people just to fill a void Bonsuela. Yeah. And I've, and, and I've been there and this is something that I've really been working on where I had a very aggressive point that whole time. The point and the head movement was yeah, like, I, w- I got into it so good. She got my truth. Yeah. And, and you're right about all that stuff. And I wasn't saying like, Oh, Bonsuela, like your email sucks. Like, why, you what i was saying is like you sound better than all of this yeah you do i have a friend who the last time he got mad at me was because i didn't do cocaine with him because i said i was sober and it's like is that a friend friend? you know what i mean like god you do need to get out of la yeah and and where i got to with that is all right and this is what you can do bonsuela because obviously i'm dominique means a lot to you which is if you don't want to write her off entirely then you can do what i'm doing which is like i'm not going to put an effort into this yes and if you want to come to me and you want to say you fucked up or if you want to try to hang out and it's not inconveniencing my life, then I will think about it and I'll do it. But one of the best pieces of advice I've heard is you are essentially like the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. And that's 100% with. true. It's so good. Where when I'm surrounding myself with people I 
look up to that who I build you admire, up who, build- who have goals that are similar yes. so uh i think what he's saying bonsuela is you need to get some new five friends yeah unless you want to be a lion cheating hoe yeah and she cheated on your friendship yeah. So that's just, that's just a, that was what I was saying. That's some, this bitch church right here. That's exactly what he was saying. Yeah. Where, where can all of my people find you? Um, in, in a, Arizona. in a moving van on the way to Arizona. <laughs> We're driving away with my cat. <laughs> I should say that this was like, oh, there was a lot of hyperbole. I just want to say, I think we're going to be great. Um, what I'm excited about, about being out there. And this is the Provenza thing. Like I'm excited about uh, remembering why I like comedy. Yeah, it's in, important. Instead of doing it in LA, because I was going to quit when I moved out there. And because the podcast is taking off now, I think it's daily. Like, we're, I think we're doing something special where we're talking about politics without screaming and calling people Nazis. And we're just kind of <laughs> making fun of bad people on either side. Yeah. But also, like, we have 17 year old LGBT punk kids who listen to the show and 50 year old church conservatives. Yep. And they're talking to each other. And it's fucking awesome. That's awesome. Um, and we talk a lot about like mental health and stuff like that, too. So the show is really special, um, and I thought I was going to stop stand-up, but Provenza um, told me this. I, I hope he's cool with me telling this uh, on the air, but he, you know, he was like big. We talked it. all about your relationship. I think you can talk about okay, Provenza. Yeah, yeah, Provenza can deal with That's this. That's what gets me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, what he gets for screaming at you at Robin Williams' <laughs> funeral. <laughs> That's what you get, Provenza. But he, uh, so he was like a huge comic in the 80s, like on mm-hmm. TV, like all those I remember. stand-up shows and shit. Yeah. And then he got a crazy cage of state, case of stage fright, which is, I feel like, kind of what I'm going through right now. I think the material I'm writing right now is, like, the best, but the fact that, like, I've bailed on shows mm. because I'm – and I think a lot of it has to do with L.A. A lot of it has to do with I'm not doing it enough. Yeah, and how you feel about yourself and – Yep. And, yes, you yes. Know. And so I got really excited to quit, and I was like, oh, leaving L.A. is the perfect excuse. And so I go to tell Provenza, who every time I went to quit would scream at me at funerals, <laughs> and I think he's going to just, like – give it to me like and he's gonna just call me all these names and he said i think this is the best thing for your comedy and he told me after he got huge he got this crippling case of stage fright as well doesn't go on stage for however long maybe years gets an offer to do a gig in like paris or something and he goes well i'm never gonna go to fucking paris worst case i bomb and i got a free trip i'm gonna do it and he rediscovered his love of comedy. He's doing crowd work. He's doing stuff about the city. So you're going to the Paris of the United States. Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> but I think there's going to be something about being in a artistic community that yeah. isn't vying for TV spots like when I started. Like San Francisco back in the day. Yes. It was just pure arts. There was oh no Hollywood. God, totally. It was just all, all about Seattle, the performance. Chicago. I mean, like Chicago too. Like... Mulaney, Kumail, Hannibal, those guys, like Hannibal would open for anyone who came through the, Hannibal's technically open for me four times (laughs) because he would just want to do stage time for any headliner who came through the Lakeshore Theater and they just turned into murderers in this cool supportive city and then by the time they went to New York or LA, they were monsters and so that happened to Provenza in like the UK, he started doing the UK stuff and even just thinking about it, I haven't even been on stage yet, even just thinking about it, I'm suddenly like I'm writing my friends and being like, let me feature for you. And I'm, I'm trying to line up like feature dates and I'm like not trying to headline yeah, you said, right I think away. You, you sent me a message. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yep. Where I'm like, I just want to be around people I love, people I respect, talk about bits at like over breakfast and 
do spots. And if that means I'm only getting a hundred bucks and I'm doing 20 minutes, I'm like, I would rather that than suddenly be like, I want to headline again. And I want to go to Tucson and play in front of 15 people, but like right. see who their local comics are. And cause these local scenes too, like they push the boundaries more than like, you know, a lot of, and some of them, there's, uh, there's a lot of local scenes that are creating safe spaces now. I'm sure. And think that that's, you know, realistic for comedy. Yeah. But I think I think you well, stepping away like will stand, be good. Yeah, yeah. It's got Tucson's cool. Vibe. Yeah. So where can they? Is your podcast? It's every day now. So it's every yeah. So what happens is so Monday through and it's short. So Monday through Wednesday, it's twenty minutes to a half an hour of just like here are the crazy news stories. Here are some different ways to look at it. Funny, funny joke, joke. And then Thursday, Spotify, SoundCloud, all Spotify, that. Uh, just Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. Okay. And then Thursday is like a big interview, so it'll be either with like a comedian or like political. The, figure yeah and like controversial from the right or the left right and instead of like again screaming at them having a conversation yeah and it's really cool just to see even if you disagree with someone just to see that they're human yeah and that maybe there's a chance to have a decent conversation well, we don't, you know instead of having just hillbilly screaming and then liberals screaming it there's there's some point and there's a, a actual debate that's yes, happening exactly and then uh the patreon episodes friday and that's when we talk about like stand-up and mental health and suicide right. stuff and, and and shit like that and so you're gonna go out to arizona get stung by a cactus come back and then right get away. back on stage i did i did <laughs> sam tripoli's show and one of his sponsors is like one of those like gambling sites and he literally put down a bet with everyone there about <laughs> over under when i leave i love from arizona. and everyone had my best sam thinks i'm gonna come back for comedy under a year um, I do. Everyone else said over a year. And then the girl, Fight Nanny, who was so cool, who I'd never met before. <laughs> she'd never met me. She'd never heard any of our podcasts. She just goes, you're a good guy, so you're going to honor your lease, and then you're going to crush this girl, and you're going to come yeah, back to life. Yeah, and I think that's what you should do. And that's all. That's What I should do? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, you have to take care of yourself. Enough of these Enough of these women. Yeah. Okay? I got to so talk to you off the air about You this. Let me know. I just keep me up to date with your Arizona ventures, and I, I want to know like if, if you're stung by a scorpion, or if yeah. she's your girlfriend shows up with a knife one day because yeah. you didn't take time to really Great. figure out who she was as an individual. <laughs> I hope it's not that. I hope it's not that. I want to do shows with you still. Okay. We should do Well, it. I'm definitely not going to fucking Arizona. No, I love Arizona. It's cool. Yeah, maybe if you're still there when I'm out there, we can go and do shows together. Okay? All right. I'm going to do a background check on your girlfriend. Okay. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.